This is People Every Day. Coming up... My mother is the queen of me. Queen Latifah takes me inside her world. Plus, Salma Hayek sets the record straight on her marriage, Paris Hilton's engagement, and Kourtney Kardashian's new romance. It's February 17th. Hello, hello. This is People Every Day presented by Macy's. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and it is Wednesday. Uh, First off, just want to say my heart goes out to all of you out there who are struggling with this intense and debilitating winter weather system, like freezing temperatures, power outages, all of it. Um, hoping things get better out there soon. And and speaking of, of getting better, we got the news that uh, Queen Elizabeth's husband, Prince Philip, has been hospitalized today. Uh, he's coming up on his 100th birthday this year in June. And according to the palace, he went in as just a precaution. So hoping all is well there as well. And on to some other royalty. Uh, today is a big day as I got to sit down with Queen Latifah for this week's cover story all about her life journey and trailblazing career uh, as we celebrate Black History Month here at People. So stay tuned for that very candid interview, okay? But first, the news out there that's got everybody talking this midwinter hump day. Joining me to discuss it all is TV editor Brianne Heldman. Brianne, all of our talk stories today are about love and relationships. They are going to definitely warm your heart, especially if you're out there cold. I know, I know. Okay, but first, personal question. You're happily married, right? I am very. Has anyone ever asked you if you married for money? No, no one has ever <laughs> no, asked right? me that, nor has anyone <laughs> asked my husband that. But I mean, right? you never me hear neither. about men being asked that, right? No, not at all. Kind of inappropriate, mm-hmm. period, across always. the board. Well, that always, that is exactly the notion that Selma Hayek is shooting down in our first top story, like defending her reasons for marrying husband and French billionaire Henri Pinot. Did I say that correctly? I, I think it's Francois Henri Pinot, but but if you're listening, we're really Francois. sorry to be butchering it. It's a beautiful name. It's a very beautiful name. Okay, let, let's walk folks through why and how this came up recently. Selma Hayek was on Armchair Expert, the, the Dax Shepard podcast, and Dax kind of brought up that there are people who definitely have thought that Selma married this random billionaire for money. And Selma had a phenomenal response, I have to say. She said, in pictures, you cannot begin to guess the magic in him. She absolutely did not marry him for money. She pointed out that she has plenty of money on her own independently from him. And she also then gave him credit and said that he made her become a much better person. So I lovely. love that. And 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 I also like her just you, this is coming up. She is drop dead gorgeous, okay? And she's bringing up the aesthetics. She's saying like, "Look, you you put us side by side. Maybe you can't see all that I see and love about this man." I feel like that's what yeah, am I wrong yeah. in in reading yeah. into that? Also, are people <laughs> asking him, "Oh, you married her for her body?" Like Exactly. Gro- it's all gross. It's gross. These two are in love. They've been together 15 years, married for 13 15 years. years. They have a 12-year-old daughter. I mean, they are, as she said herself, uh, we are strong in love. I love that so much, the way she phrased that. 
So leave them alone. They're good. 15 years? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is this still even coming up? And of course, uh, I just, I love that when they step out together, they're just so bonded and you're able to see that. Of course, she posted this really great picture um, for, as like a throwback for her H&M shot. And this is why this is bubbling up again. Like people get over it, yes, right? Yes, completely. Brianne, in, a, in some darker relationship news, um, ex-relationship news, uh, FK Twigs has broken her silence on what was going on between her and Shia LaBeouf and, and the abuse that she alleges against him. She opened up to L, right? Like, so, so what's, so what's more is she saying now about the situation? I mean, this is really heartbreaking and, and I think it's more extreme than she had kind of initially opened up. She said recovering has been the hardest thing she's had to do and that she feels it's a miracle she came out of it alive, which, wow. I mean, wow. How, how is she moving on? Like, do, do we know anything about, um, you know, what's next for her? What's, what's going on in her world now? Cause this is, this is dominating the news cycle. Yes. I, I have to imagine that just simply coming out and speaking about it is cathartic for yeah. her. She also spoke to CBS this morning and she talked about how he would require her to sleep naked so that he had access to her. Oh Lord. Uh, and that he would wake her up in the middle of the night and say that she was plotting how she was going to leave him. And it's just all very, the allegations are really tricky and sad and hard to read. To yeah. Yeah. I totally hear that. And we know for his part, he is seeking treatment and um, for a number of different issues and, and he's no longer working with his, his agency CAA. Um, so he, he, he's trying to get, I guess, a hold on, on things as well. Um, slipping into something lighter if we can, because this just hurts my heart. Um, Let's go on to Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton is engaged. Uh, So tell me about this happy news for her. And we know it's coming on the heels of her just opening up about some tough stuff. So we're happy we're, we're on the upswing. Yes. So Paris recently has opened up about her experience with abuse in in these boarding schools that are meant for troubled girls. And she has been really vocal about it. And it's been very powerful. If you haven't seen her documentary, this is Paris. I highly recommend it. It's, it's really, it's going to change the way you feel about her. If you haven't already watched it. Now that said, today is Paris's 40th birthday. Happy birthday, Paris. Happy birthday, Paris. Can you believe she's 40? I can't. That's, that's wild. And, and it's, it's stressing me out. She's forever 21 in my mind. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, that 21st birthday was major national news. Jeez, Louise. Uh, and that was 19 years ago. So today, she chooses today of all days to reveal that on February 13th, her boyfriend of 15 months, Carter Rome, proposed, Yay! and they are now engaged. Uh, Paris says she is excited for this next chapter. And Carter has said that they really got very close during during this pandemic because they've spent so much time together. He said he's gotten to know the real Paris on a daily basis, and he credits her kindness, her work ethic, and her authenticity for reasons he loves her, which is so sweet. Nice. And, and just a little background on him. He's from Chicago. Uh, he attended Columbia University. Super smart. Has a liquor brand. Like uh, He's also 40. They've, they've kind of run in similar circles mm-hmm. for years. It's, he's kind of a perfect guy for her. Absolutely. And I don't think he's marrying her for her money. 
right? No, he's got plenty of his own. <laughs> but no one would ask. Uh, so but <laughs> let, let's go to another couple that uh, equally yoked yet again. Uh, <laughs> Travis Barker <laughs> of Blink-182 and Kourtney Kardashian have made it Instagram official. And this is something we've heard bubbling that, you know, you've seen little teases on, on the gram here and there. Um, this is it. Like, she is dating... Travis Barker. I kind of love it. It was when it, when the rumor first started bubbling up a few months ago, I thought it was a little a little bit of an odd couple, but the more I think about it, the more I think it actually tracks. It kind of works, right? Have, yeah, they both have three kids. They both are really dedicated to those kids. They've been famous for a very long time, so they know how they know yep. how this works. Yeah, and they're neighbors. Been, yeah, it's really actually very sweet and they've been friends for a long time. We have seen them together over the years. This is not brand new. They just met five minutes mm-hmm. ago. This is, they've, they've thought this through. There have been hints on Instagram over the last couple of weeks. And then, of course, they revealed in the last day or so that they are indeed together. Um, I cannot get over Courtney's little pop. Oh, 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 okay. It's my favorite. Can I it, say it? Can I say it? it yeah, oh, I was so excited to say it. Okay, go her ahead. Poem, You're the host. The poem that she posted. Uh, roses are red. Violets are blue. Garlic bread. Blink 182. It's just sweet. I mean, who said romance is dead? <laughs> Brianne, thank you so much. Thank you. And I just have to say, everyone needs to pick up this Queen Latifah issue of the magazine. Janine wrote the cover story and it is fantastic. Coming up next, my audience with the queen. Latifah, that is. Stay tuned. All right, let's roll out the red carpet for this one. Uh, We are in the midst of Black History Month, and today I have the honor of interviewing a woman who just exemplifies Black excellence. Uh, She is the star of CBS's new high-octane drama, Equalizer, and she's also hip-hop and Hollywood royalty, Queen Latifah. What is up? Hi, Janine. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? It's good to see you. Good to see you. I mean, I love uh, you come in with your pill speaker. The last time I interviewed you, I think 444 had just dropped Jay-Z's album and you came in with your pill bumping it, listening to every single word, breaking it down. <laughs> I might have to play 444 now. I was I was in a, in a New York state of mind yesterday, so. You're in a New Jersey state of mind now. You're filming Equalizer right around your hometown. Uh, I feel like at this stage in your career, you're able to say like, okay, you want me for this? Well, I, I'm doing it on my stomping ground. Is that how it works? For this project, yeah, it was. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I should have waited till the spring. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's been great because I'm close to everybody. I'm close to my family. It's just surreal almost. You know, we're shooting on the streets that I grew up on. And it's great to be able to employ people from here, you know, to, to, to get this show up and running so that, you know, some of our local folks can work. For sure, for sure. My husband's from South Orange, New Jersey, so he he loves he loves that you're doing that. How filming in New Jersey, like, how does it feel to be at the stage in your career where you can say, you know, we're going to do this here and we're going to do this my way? Like, uh, like, how does it feel to come into that position? Whenever you came into that, I've been in that position 
for a long time <laughs> from yeah. the beginning, pretty much. So, I, I mean, I really don't know how to not be in that position. Um, it's harder for me to, to work under someone else or work in a more corporate kind of environment than it is to work independently um, because, you know, we started our management company when I was 19 and, you know, we were, we managed people and uh, everything you've seen is something that my, myself and my partner, Shaq Kim, and a couple of others had built from the ground up, you know what I mean? So it's not like it was given to me or handed to me or created for me many things, many things we had to create for ourselves. Um, however, being a former basketball player, one thing you learn is team sports and you do nothing alone. And and so we've it's been a very um, collaborative effort to get this, this show up and running, but um, it's kind of normal for me to to be the boss. It's kind of normal for you to be the boss. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm I'm humble about that until it's time to, you know, to equalize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, there is no equal when it comes to me equalizing. It's like this is this is a this is not a democracy. <laughs> certain things, certain things are, are democracy. Certain things are this is what we're doing. <laughs> exactly. Well, looking back to La in the 80s. And I, I'm sorry, I call you La because I remember Jada was calling you La and I said, hmm, I'm going to Appreciate you calling me La. That feels like home. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back to La in the 80s, or, or actually, let's say Dana, even before that, like, yeah. did you ever imagine, <laughs> did you ever imagine you'd be here? Like, just picture yourself in the sphere that you're in right now. Um, I would say yes, I did. Uh, but... I couldn't have, ma- have imagined my life would have gone this way. Did I have these dreams? Did I think that these things would be fun, would be adventures, would be something I would want to do? Yes. Did I want to act in movies? Yes. Did I want to be the first, you know, cover girl who looked like me? Yeah, I did. Um, these were things that would come across my mind or come across the mind of one of my friends and they'd be like, wow. Would you do this? Or what, what do you think about that? And then we start building on it. Or my, my partner Sha and I, after shows, we would just sit in a room and think about where we wanted to go in the future and what we wanted to build and and things we wanted to accomplish. So, you know, I missed a few parties. I made it to a lot of parties, <laughs> but <laughs> I missed a few parties just talking about dreams, talking about the future and how to get there. Along that whole path was my mother, you know, along that whole path was my mother. She was, you know, couch time for my partner, Shah, when he would be stressed out (laughs) to the limit. And when it was too much and everything was too heavy for me to bear and I would disappear, I'd always call my mother and just let her know where I'm at. But she was always an encouragement and she always believed in us and she believed in us as youngsters, as high school kids. And I think that made a big difference, having an adult who believes in this new burgeoning kind of music that you're doing. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's close to my next question. I was, I was going to ask you, where did you find your courage? You know, early on as a beatboxer and MC, and, and it's like a man's game, essentially, in the 80s at that time. Like, I'm asking you this, even though I kind of know my head, like I said, he's a Jersey guy. So I know that chutzpah is kind of like in the water <laughs> around here. But, <laughs> but where did you get that as a young Black woman in an industry, a, a burgeoning industry that was so male dominated. I'm definitely a product of my parents. You know, my father really kind of 
made me tough in certain ways. My father's my father comes from a a, a, fam, a, a family of nine siblings, but his big sister was his best friend. So she would stick up for him. So she he was used to being around strong women. And I think he wanted to raise me as a strong young woman as well. So he taught me how to fight. He put me in Taekwondo classes. My parents put us in gymnastics. My mother put me in dance, even though I was the biggest girl in the ballet class. But, but I think my parents really just tried to make me strong at a young age. They were very communicative. There was a lot of communication in our house. Just reading the newspaper was a competition in my house with my brother and I. You know, who could, they would call it 75 cent words, as my parents would call them. If we could pronounce these long words, you know, we would read the New York Times or the Star Ledger or something. And uh, these are the kind of things that we would just do at home. And I didn't know what my parents were doing. I, it was just fun to be able to read and impress them. But they were preparing us. There were friends who would come over to the house and they would play drums and and guitars and recite poetry and you know I didn't really realize at the time who they were but they were also planning the future for us as African Americans. Um, uh, people like you know Mary Baraka uh, was at my house and I just thought that was just you know Uncle Mary and you know wow everybody was uncle and aunt somebody I just thought they were cool they everything smelled good and it was good music and at some point the kids had to go in the background <laughs> you know what I mean and that was just kind of like the life that I grew up in and um, I think my mother just my father kind of wanted to toughen me up a little bit so anything my brother could do I could do if it was camping if, if it was any sport if it was mm. karate if it was you know, whatever it was, if it was shooting, um, because my father was a tactical officer. So he, uh, you know, and a Vietnam veteran. Mm. And uh, my mother, I think was, my mother is the queen of me. Anything queenly about me is really from my mother. First of all, a strong, powerful woman, but very feminine, uh, eloquent, elegant, she had a calmness about her that could calm you down when you were at a 10. And if she went to a 10, it would take your 10 to a two because you were so in shock, you know? And um, so she smoothed out all my rough edges. Uh, I was, I had the pleasure of being at um, VH1's Dear Mama taping in New York uh, when, when you were able to honor your mom and, and, and give her her flowers um, that night. It was so beautiful. Uh, what are the ways like in in just everyday life, things that come back to you that you carry, something that she told you and and how are you keeping her memory alive after after losing her so recently? Uh, We're going to move on from this subject in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I th she still talks to me. Yeah. yeah. She talks to me through the kitchen light. <laughs> I know it's going to sound crazy, but people will come into my life that I don't know where they came from, but they become very helpful and invaluable. I think our mothers put into us what they what they put into us. And then we have to kind of just take those things and be that. That's beautiful. Um, okay, so let's go to, through a couple of reasons why she was so honored and so proud of you as a daughter. Uh, like, you, I don't even want to call it a pivot into TV and movies because it was, it's always just seemed so organic 
in your world that it was, it was, you're a performer, like first and foremost, a couple of my favorites. I just want to dig into when I say Khadijah from living single, um, what did she and, and that show mean to you? Uh, it was a big, it was, it was a, a life-changing experience. It, it was, it was, uh, you know, it became the number one show among blacks and black people and Latinos. And it was on, it was in your, I'm in your house every week. You know, it changed that star power. You know, it wasn't just uh, Latifah from hip hop. I was now Khadijah and people were coming up to me like, I named my daughter after you. Her name is Khadijah. And I'm like, my name is not Khadijah, but okay. <laughs> um, it showed me the impact that it was having on people. And we coming off the heels of Martin. So Martin was our, you know, he, he got up the bat and, uh, and we swung, you know, off the pitch that, they, that he threw. What about when I say Mama Morton in Chicago, you know, from hip hop to, to show tunes? Like, did it, did it feel like you, you were doing a big pivot there? That was a monstrous pivot. That, that, I mean... That is when the star power really, really, really went to another level. Um, because uh, I remember shooting that movie and we shot that film for six months and uh, I lost my grandmother during that film. Mm. And so I gained a big time angel during that one. But I also did uh, bringing down the house. Uh, right before that so bringing down the house was the number one i got nominated for an oscar for mama morton and the weekend of the oscars i remember bringing down the house was the number one movie in theaters when it comes to law and it comes to queen latifah you like you said the fame the fortune all of that came at you how do you create that space for yourself to be you like to, to separate, like what is your philosophy when it comes to that, to separate this whirling, huge, gigantic world of, of, of stardom and all that you've created from you? Uh, I keep people around me who can smack my hand when I do the wrong things and pat me on my back when I do the right things. Most importantly, they love me and they care about me and they know me and they're my family, and they're my friends. That was Queen Latifah. For much more on her life and empowering journey, head over to people.com and People TV to watch our interview. Uh, before you hop off, something to make you smile and warm your heart despite the temperatures out there. In Houston, where weather-related power outages have now lasted over 24 hours in some places, there's a small business owner that's come to the rescue. Jim Mattress Mac Mickingvale opened the doors of his gallery furniture store to all seeking some warmth and reprieve from the freezing temperatures out there. Listen here to what he told the local ABC News. Come out to gallery furniture, you can stay here for two hours, you can stay here all night, we'll have uh, security here around the clock and uh, we got lots of mattresses. Such a great way to give back, Mattress Mac. <laughs> I'll talk to you all tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>